Um, geez, where do we even start? Uh, well, um, shall we give a little background? Well, I think before we even start, we should just even say, "Hey, welcome! This is uh, this is the first oh, episode yeah. of our podcast. This is it. This we're finally doing it. It's it's happening." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is really for everybody who said, um, we're going to start a podcast. We're going to do it. So, um, yeah, this is our attempt of actually contributing something to s- something we've always really been interested in doing for a very long time. I, I feel that's the same way for you, right, DJ? Definitely. Um, I've always wanted to do a podcast, even when thousands of others popped up um, on you know, Apple on iTunes and or Stitcher and things like that. But uh, I always thought if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And um, you, oh, you go- came to the wrong place <laughs> partnering up with this guy. You painted me into a corner, so I kind of had no choice. But uh, you know what? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll make it fun. So that's so I'm pretty I'm still pretty excited. So I'm st- I'm very, very excited. Um <laughs> You know, I really was just like the idea of just um, maybe sending. I so I'm kind of like interviewing at places here and there. I'm always excited to talk to new people, and um, you are a new person to me. I yes. Well, for everybody out there, I don't know EJ at all. We're just the we're just Twitter buddies. Too. We are, and, <laughs> and then we decided to start either. this. It, it, well, probably like just a few months, maybe we we just went back and forth uh tweeting at each other so like not not much more than like a sentence a day have we spoken or technically spoken to each other so this is a true first date feeling right now where i you know i don't know what kind of person you are you don't know who you know what kind of person i am i could we could probably delve into each other's secrets and just find out that you know what we actually hate each other but this is what the fun of this podcast will be. So yeah, um, I mean, if you're really going to go anything, I if you want to start out as describing me as serial blank, um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm a serial follower on Twitter. But you know, generally there are a few things I really like to subscribe to when it comes to my personal feed. I mm. like Star Trek, uh, anything mm. funny, and if you look at my content, I love obviously memes like the as much as the next person, but I, I was put onto your spotlight because, you know, you do these, um, these Photoshop movie posters yes. and then it really kind of trickled into like, Hey, I think this guy watches a lot of the same things I do, at least when we were kids. And that's kind of right. blended over to our adult tastes in life. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think I, cause I noticed, I think we both follow and I don't want to get his name wrong, but Zay Shun, some uh, T Z E and yeah and Z Z and uh, he's uh, I can't remember how I found him, but I was just sort of I just see a lot of uh, writers, uh, TV shows, movies, and um, producers and things like that. So just somehow through their crazy algorithms, they they uh, these accounts find me, and then uh, mm-hmm. I think we both and also just sort of. The, the Asian connection, we just sort of all, we gravitated towards, um, like, I don't know what your relationship, if any, with him you have, but uh, I just sort of, I, I'm an actor, and I, I oh, see my, 
Yes, and uh, and well, I guess aspiring more so. But um, no, you're an actor, I, buddy. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I just say it, and I'm doing it. But um, yo, know, like I, I see these. He's like writing this new Gremlins project that's mm-hmm. uh, at the moment hasn't premiered yet. Um, in like, oh, this is cool. So I'm following him, and he, I think, along the same lines as us is he's in that generation that early millennial late gen x generation where we grew mm-hmm. up in the 90s we were raised on television um much to the behest of our parents and uh and then the, just you and i just sort of caught each other's eyes with um obscure obscure references and that's pretty much how me and my best friends in life gravitate towards each other is oh he made a say by the bell reference I hardly think that's obscure, but um, I think you have something there. I tell mostly anybody that I wasn't um, raised on television. I was raised on like stolen cable. (laughs) So it's just like, you know, you have these things that you saw. And when you're talking about obscure, it's basically those things that you caught on TV um, that weren't like hyper premium, but that were burned into your head only because you know, you were watching them on just like before HBO is what it now or Showtime or oh, whatever yeah. have you or pay-per-view. Yeah. It's just like burn through ex- just crippling repetition. Um, I mean, yeah, I've been definitely, I grew up on TV, um, raised from the crib, coming home, the Saved by the Bell stuff. I was, I grew up on reruns, watching it on TBS, like after school and oh, wherever yeah. it gets passed around on like USA, whatever <laughs> cable network on television has today i feel like i've seen all of them yeah and you know we got really great recall on this kind of stuff and it's really i mean for me it's really interesting because i'm into like social media as a profession and stuff like that and to Mm -hmm. see how um we've kind of progressed beyond you know saying these references at parties and like quoting line by line and just taking it a one step further and using gifs from the movie and i say gifs (laughs) Um, that, you know, basically it's like, this is what we were doing before the internet really kind of evolved and we can get pictures in like really, uh, accessible formats. And now this is the language of how we speak. Right. Well, the, the funny thing is, um, the way that people just take a frame or they'll take a little clip and then make a GIF out of it and sort of work, work it to fit into a joke that's uh, how my mind always worked. Like I'll, I'll, if someone, you know, if I have to make a joke about something, I'll do it in the vein of this is how Michelangelo from the turtles would do it. You know, you know, it'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just, it's, it's like a callback to a line and that's just mm-hmm. what the, the internet language is now. So it's really, it's really crazy um, that it's just visualized like that now. And it's like, it's, it's sort of a detriment because it's like, in a way people don't have to be funny on their own because mm-hmm. they can just have the line or the meme speak for itself. Uh, then again, people also have to use that creativity to create the meme. But um, I was actually wondering, do you remember which one of my posters uh, caught your attention first? Oh, uh, no. Um, <laughs> I'm putting you on Maybe like, I would think like maybe like a last dragon, Barry Gordy's oh, the last dragon. Right. Or some kind of offshoot from that. I I praise. I mean, I love that movie. Oh, I, yeah. uh, you know, I wasn't old enough to watch it in theaters or really kind of 
um, know what it was outside of its cult classic, you know, uh, years removed. But um, I had a chance to actually like see it at a local theater that was like screening it. Oh, that's and then awesome. I brought my, uh, oh, at the time I brought my, um, I think he was like 14 uh-huh. uh, year old cousin who knew nothing about the last dragon i'm like you're ready for a trip dude you've never seen anything like this i miss movies that are i don't know fun like that yeah but it's also kind of it's weird because it's like a very specific sect of like it's for bruce lee fans and for like i don't want to say like rap fans it's like Mo- i mean it's a motown movie motown and uh, uh hip hop like, yeah it's got it's got sort of that cross generational thing but it's like it's it's i mean when it comes down to it the the villain is like some sort of record producer like an evil mm-hmm. music producer well, so it's very there's the a and b villain in that in that it's true well thing. yeah i don't want to i don't want to undersell uh show enough but i mean like ultimately the uh the villain uh is like it's like very cheesy saturday morning type thing but it's like it's everyone grew up with it and like we all just like uh you know we like as as corny as they made leroy we loved leroy and we're just like no he's my dude you know uh-huh. you know he's he may be like uh he may be awkward around women and things like that but it's like push comes to shove he can handle his business and obviously he got further than richie could <laughs> knowing uh-huh. you know, richie knowing all the street smarts and things like that so it's like i don't know it's cra- it's a it's it's a rare movie that's like uh, how do you even like you can you can sell it as it's this hip-hop kung fu thing but it's 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 got these comedic elements that are played straight you know uh-huh it's it's really it's like ugh, it's a very specific thing but uh you know it's it's done passionately so it's like everyone just loved it and i'm jealous you got to see it in the theaters i wish i could have seen it in theaters oh yeah i had the biggest smile on my face but i mean i love i love me my leroy i think his the actor's name is ty mock no what was that yes yeah Ty-Mock. right mm-hmm. okay but i mean we can't we can't undersell our boy ernie ray's jr that's my that's guy right. mm-hmm. you already know that and johnny uh, who has this kind of like I'm not sure if he was Caucasian or Asian but no, I, I mean I gravitate toward that guy too he was a very David Carradine where kind of you can you can see him going either way and I don't think he's been in anything since he wasn't in anything before and anything since so it's like that's he is immortalized as Johnny I loved his 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 i thought he did a better bruce lee impression than leroy did and um oh yeah he, he had a he had the nunchuck skills and i don't know he was uh he had it and i was really i really wish he could have done more after that uh well i mean he he had the energy that was kind of really good to play off of uh leroy mm-hmm. bruce leroy oh oh that movie is so good i mean i i encourage anybody who hasn't seen it to to give it a shot i it's it's a classic it's definitely quotable you probably already know the imagery um whether or not you've sat down and watched the whole thing i think i got my first watch of that kind of on network saturday mornings like saturday syndication stuff like that oh okay but that that movie definitely left an impression on me oh definitely yeah i think my my brother and my dad were the biggest factors of getting me into martial arts movies. So they, 
I think I had watched it when I was too young to really remember it because we rented it from uh, Blockbuster Video, and mm-hmm. uh, they. I remember that. Yeah, my <laughs> my brother was just like, "Oh yeah, I remember when we saw this. This is the guy who you know. And this is Ernie Reyes Jr. He's the star of Sidekicks and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, oh wow. So I, I I got to, um, just sort of get into it. Uh, after watching all these Bruce Lee movies and recognizing even before they referenced it, oh, he's uh, he's doing the you know he's doing the thing where they he's waving his arms and it's kind of like a trippy uh, illusion and things like that, or he's he's in disguise and he's doing all this stuff, and uh, it was it was a trip to me because it was like wow, there these are like jokes we would do in our house where. Uh, in Chinese Connection or Fist of Fury when Bruce would dress up and he would be like very nerdy and he's like, I'm from the telephone company. And then they actually referenced that <laughs> in an 80s movie in like a, a newer movie. And I was like, whoa, I thought this was, this is great. It's getting so much exposure and it's like a, a big thing. <laughs> and it was like a, a, just a, an awesome love letter to Bruce Lee movies. Oh, I remember his uh, reaction when Vanity plays it on the screen. He's like, oh, man, the Chinese connection. And he's, <laughs> yeah. he's going through the greatest hits. He is so stoked. The way he also just he's watching the clips and then he's mm-hmm. doing the moves and the yelling. And oh, yeah. I it's also, it's, it was even at a young age. I was like, wow, he's such a kid when he's doing that where he's he's fighting nobody. And he's doing this in front of Vanity, mind you. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of like this is it's it's I can see you doing this when you're in your living room by yourself watching TV, but and doing it in front of a girl, but and doing it in front of vanity. It's like, oh, my God, he's in it. He's in the zone. I mean, I feel like he was super earnest, like maybe he wasn't acting. He probably was really, really into it when he was actually filming the scene. I I mean, I wouldn't know from the um commentary track if there is one on the dvd that they sell but like i just remember he was very like almost pure and you you're right you said like very innocent in that moment and to do it in front of vanity just like just hello like you got cool (laughs) she's she's right there Mm. um and he loves it fighting imaginary people i think uh, timok actually was on you remember the show singled out um mtv i think he was actually on an episode of that and I wish I could remember it because I, w- I just thought it was weird that he just all of, all of a sudden showed up like a decade later on this. I mean, he still looks good. He's obviously kept in shape and mm-hmm. um, he looks pretty much the same. I mean, aged a little bit, of course, because he is older, but he's like, it's, it's, if they wanted to do a sequel, they could right now. You oh, know? <laughs> it's like, and uh, yeah. Post Black Panther, there. I would watch that. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got the, the next, audience now. Exactly. Have him be yeah. Have him be the next villain or something like that. Have oh, him man. be the next Wakandan king. But, um. Yeah. So about your poster, do you remember what you drew up? It's actually interesting you say it was that one because I that one I worked on a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I was reposting it or or if I did like another. Last Dragon theme one because I did I I went through I went through like a week of just taking requests from people if they wanted to see um sort of 
new like fan made custom posters. I started mm-hmm. off just thinking, what if I made a, a Marvel esque poster of a su- like a weird like a superhero movie that doesn't really lend itself to like a, a big blockbuster movie looking poster. Um, so I made a <laughs> I made a Marvel blockbuster poster of Blank Man. Oh, oh my which, god! Which I found a I found a perfect photo of Robin Givens like holding him, and it looks like Spider Man Two or Spider Man with like you know Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst like holding mm-hmm. each other. And it was oh, that's perfect. So I gave that like a big blockbustery look, modern a big modern look, and um, and then I posted it, and I'm just like I just sent out a feeler on my Facebook. I'm like, hey, if 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 you guys want to see any other movies that I marvelize or something like that uh send me messages and then somebody came at me with uh the rocketeer and mm-hmm. then dick tracy was one of them and then uh someone someone said the last dragon so i did the last dragon and i gave that a little bit less of a marvel look and more of a updated uh like enter the dragon look where there's sort of the it's got the asian architecture sort of mm-hmm. framing it and things like that and but i put leroy i put shonuff i put eddie arcadian i put Ugh. vanity and and uh richie and and johnny on there so i i gave mm-hmm. it like a very uh updated 70s look i love it oh yeah that's it's they should re-release it in theaters they i would love to see it in theaters considering the current situation i don't know how that's gonna go but i'll leave i'll leave that for the companies to figure out well assuming down the line i mean they're probably gonna Uh reopen and i just mean then what was your when you went to see it in theaters was the crowd like the crowd uh when leroy went to see enter the dragon were they oh geez (laughs) yeah there's a there's a little theater called the rialto in south pasadena near where i live and it's just um Oh geez, I I don't really remember too much about them, but I guess if anybody's going to turn out to like a little East LA, um, you know, independent theater to watch this cult classic movie, I would imagine they were just as excited to really kind of see it. And I know that it's it's burned into my cousin's um, memory, like it just blew his fourteen year old mind. It was so <laughs> just so fun to really, you know how if you have a you know significant other a partner or or anybody where you'd be just like hey uh you're gonna watch this movie and you're gonna like it you know it always backfires you'd be just like i'm right. so excited and they're never as enthusiastic to watch it so you know it's almost a really good feeling to i guess be validated that you have good taste in movies <laughs> although right. i don't know <laughs> if the last dragon is going to be the litmus test for that but personally if if i had somebody older than me show me the last dragon um, without any context, I would be like, "Oh man, I'm taking this memory to my grave. This is <laughs> this is special." Uh, I mean, it's it's such a it, you can't really prepare anyone for a movie like that. It's just no. you you would have to say, "Okay, you'd have to be into Bruce Lee, you would have mm. to be into hip hop and sort of the whole '80s culture." It's because it's I mean, it's it's definitely of its time, but um, still somehow seems timeless which is uh yeah i mean everything lives in a vacuum we live in the internet age where everybody can find their community now but you know it's i i never really know or get a really good um read on how big the fandom is for that movie Mm. 
and then you know you try to base it on what reviews you see on like amazon or how popular the gifs are when you do a search for the movie title and then how people really just kind of receive it once you post it and be like what's going on but (laughs) i'm glad that you know there's still room out there to really kind of bond over movies like that oh yeah um otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it now on a podcast so uh thank you the last dragon Oh yeah, we we love the Last Dragon. There's definitely been a resurgence in '80s culture and things like that, like with all the late sequels and sort of you know Stranger Things and and it you know just sort of it's it's such a fun time capsule to um, to just watch these things you know these old movies again and um, and like Bill and Ted Three's you know supposed to be coming out later this summer and yeah. uh I, there's been jokes where it's like they might because they have daughters now in the movie uh and uh there's been jokes where it's like they'll have to probably explain to their daughters or something what a phone booth is <laughs> and why this oh, thing existed uh but you know I've, i purposely kind of put my blinders on to that to that movie because i'm like i that that is i wouldn't say it's my star wars but it's it's one of those things that i know is more like uh, a comet that won't ever pass us by again cuz i know that you Ooh, know I like um that. yeah like there's going to be another star wars it's a franchise we've got sequels and everything like that i can give and take and go along for the ride but i'm like right. we've been waiting i guess I'm approaching this film the same way that I approached the force awakens. And I'm just like, I'm going in open-minded, a mm-hmm. lot of hope, a lot of love. Right. Uh, I really don't know how they're going to explain a lot of things. And there's so much, I would say like pressure for every movie to do well at the box mm-hmm. office. Again, COVID's going to be a, a really kind of weird thing, but to kind of like say like, Oh, we're making Bill and Ted three and, and we're going to talk about its gross numbers uh, or, <laughs> and something like that. I'm like, what? Well, it's always been just like a fan service kind of like we're doing this because we don't really kind of care how about how, about, how no, much money never, it really makes. The difference is now the way that Marvel kind of revolutionized things is they know sort of steps ahead what they can you know what they can do with their movies and like set things up but it's like with uh you know with with bill and ted three the original writers are back so that's that's a very good sign that okay it's at least the people who know these characters and know like what works with them and things like that so if it was another if it was someone who you know if it was like a newer writer i would probably be a little antsy like you never can guarantee that oh okay you know this is uh this is what i think the the characters are and so this is how i'm gonna write them but it's like no you got them all wrong it's like it's more than that and uh this is what i feel what happened to die hard which is my favorite movie uh the original and it's like okay you look at that fifth one and it's like no no you got the character all wrong and it's like you just tried to hit sort of the superficial beats of the movies mm-hmm. and you didn't really uh you didn't really get what made them so good so that's uh that's that's like the the there's no red flags for bill and ted 3 so far mm-hmm. fingers crossed knock on wood but uh so you know and the um 
they've been really good with sort of involving the fans and just like saying, this is what we're going to do. We hope you're, you know, thank we thank you guys and we hope you're happy with it and blah, blah, blah. So I'm really excited about that. I just, I'm just curious to see what they do with it. It's a really interesting notion that we have to think of Bill and Ted as characters that have to mature and progress and grow. (laughs) Um, I don't think they, you know, thought about that or maybe they did when they first, you know, wrote and shot the first movie, but it's an interesting to think that we're like, this is the, the Bill and Ted universe that we have to explore and their, um, their eventual journey into whatever they're, they're doing. It's not just capers anymore. It's like, you I mean, know, they're fathers now. So it's like, how, mm-hmm. what kind of fathers are they going to be? <laughs> you just, you yeah. just don't think about that. Yeah. It, it's weird. Cause I mean, if I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a really weird thing. So, um, how did you start doing all these like posters and stuff like that? So where'd you learn Photoshop? Why, why do this with your time? <laughs> Well, it's not the money because I definitely uh-huh. don't make anything for for these. Um, although I would love if uh, I could, um, I've actually applied to a lot of different places. Um, I actually took, I started Photoshop as a hobby, and I pretty, I just taught myself basically when I first got, um, like my first desktop computer that had that. Um, way back in like the early aughts, like 2001 <laughs> or something like that. It was it, uh-huh. it was like very primitive. And then just on down the line, I just got more and more sophisticated with how I would do my process. And uh, I would mm-hmm. see that, you know, uh, I would see these forums of people who did fan art and things like that. And I was like, "Whoa, those are cool!" So I submitted mine, and people tore it to shreds. And they're <laughs> they were basically like, "Okay, you're cutting off this person's head. There's no motivation for a shadow on this face." And so this, I pretty much learned through people uh, tearing my um, confidence down. I would just like I a thing I like to do that. Let let's see. Let me do a what if poster. If you know if Brandon Lee didn't die and he was Neo in the matrix. Cause I think he was supposed oh to be gosh. Neo. Like they, they talked about he, he, they might've cast him. And so I was like, let's do a what if poster. So, so go ahead. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> um, story time. Uh, let me, it, let me let you in on a little factoid about myself. We talked oh. about the last dragon. Uh, yeah. You talked about, you know, Brandon Lee. So we, we've got the whole Lee, um, thread line kind of going throughout this uh, recording of us. I don't right. know if it's a podcast quite yet, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, I feel like you're interviewing me this whole time. Should I be asking about you? We don't know. No, about well, you. Let, let me. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to share something and then you could ask me some questions about that. So okay. I, um, I graduated with a degree, a bachelor's in television and film studies. Really? So, okay. And then, you know, I read, I went in and I, I had my own, how do you say preferences and moving stuff like that? But of all mm-hmm. the things that I've seen uh, in school or, you know, growing up, I have never once in its entirety watched a Bruce Lee film. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, nor, nor Hitchcock, but for, for this purposes, 
I haven't seen Enter the Dragon. I've seen City Connection. Uh, what Big Boss Game of Death? Did I can name them all. City I've Connection? seen. What's Did that? you just call it City Connection? The movie. Oh, City is that Jack? Sorry, Jack it's, Chan. It, well, it's City Hunter and Chinese Connection. Chinese Connection. And now, yeah. and now I, I, I'm thinking about just ending this podcast. I'm yeah. losing points. I know this is this is exactly <laughs> what they want. <laughs> and now this is where the ugliness begins. No, no, I, no that's, that's interesting, actually. So you didn't I grow have, up a you didn't grow up a Bruce Lee fan. I guess I'm a fan of the myth. Oh, of, the, okay. the, of the icon of the but yes the okay. movies i've never watched i've seen you know documentaries on bruce lee i've heard right. chuck norris talk about bruce lee i've seen the ever-living daylights out of dragon the bruce lee story <laughs> bruce and linda is a great you know obviously score um oh yeah i've seen that movie to death i've never just sat down and watched a Bruce Lee movie. That's interesting. Is there any, is there a reason like, or you're just not, you just think, Oh, I I know enough about the guy. I don't need to watch the movies. I don't know. I don't really feel like maybe last dragon is more in my wheelhouse, a little bit of comedy and all this kind of stuff, but maybe seventies wasn't my favorite era. (laughs) Maybe uh, Kung Fu or karate or martial arts films really my thing because i mean i've seen we've grew up with jackie chan films he's kind of come up through the 90s and 2000s but just bruce lee just wasn't there oh my god i don't don't know what it is i don't have an explanation i'm gonna get ripped to shreds i'll take that (laughs) on that grenade for you um i mean i grew up on bruce lee movies but i definitely i think it's interesting and i can definitely see it like you say you know, I probably have only seen two, three Hitchcock movies, but I, I'm a self-proclaimed movie buff, and there, there's definitely those, and especially like, yeah, the the ones before our time movies are a little bit. I can see those are harder for people to get into. Um, but like, do you do you have you not, do you not have friends who are just like, oh, we have to watch Enter the Dragon or something like that? No. And you never just like sat down and think, I'm just going to go ahead and watch this. I felt like I should have. (laughs) (laughs) They they don't, they don't really stream too well, do they? Like they, they didn't really cut those licenses out for like Amazon or Netflix on the Bruce Uh, Lee stuff. Oh no, there's not, I don't think there's a, well, Enter the Dragon is, has been on, on and off Netflix for a while. I don't Uh know if it's on right now. I do know they, um, they're planning on coming out with, a 4k restoration with all his movies soon. right i've seen that and uh so that that might be a good time to get in on it the the thing i will say is it's definitely a product of its time mm-hmm. and the creative energies on it is definitely uh, the like the if you think about like the 70s hong kong shaw brothers especially in martial arts um you know, action movies. There, there, there are few things that don't age well, and uh, uh, I think even Bruce had certain reservations about. Like, uh, I think he really wanted to portray the action as realistic because his big thing was he wanted to teach his um, he wanted to teach his real life techniques through the movies. But it's like the directors want him flying through the air kicking and things like that and 
it's all these very superhero type um, exaggerated things. So it's like, um, but it did, I mean, it pretty much started the whole regular, you know, normal human fighter thing. Cause I think around that time there was more of the crouching tiger, hidden dragon type movies where people fly everywhere and things like that. But there are definitely like enter the dragon. You could see it's like a, how it gave birth to like, you know, uh, movies of that era that has that sort of seventies exploitation vibe and things like that. And, uh, it's a, it, it's an interesting, I mean, it's, I can't really gauge how you would react to them uh, today. <laughs> so I guess you would, uh, the, the, the one I think would be so fascinating to you would be Game of Death, his last movie, because uh-huh. he was making it, he got halfway through, and right. then they told, they offered him Enter the Dragon. And since he was doing everything on Game of Death, he's like, I could put this one on pause so I can do this one. So he right. did Enter the Dragon, after Enter the Dragon, that's when he died. And then they, but he completed Enter the Dragon. So they were able to release that. But he still only had like just one epic finale film for Game of Death. Right. And after Enter the Dragon was such a, a hit, they decided to finish Game of Death. And the way they did it was probably some of the most hilarious, tasteless. Uh, mind-boggling ways of just working around the fact that Bruce wasn't alive to be in this movie. Um, There's, it's pretty infamous that they used doubles and tried to hide their faces uh, in any way, shape, or form they could. It's kind of like an Ed Wood movie where you know they would just have someone you know cover their face when it doesn't make sense. And at one point, they actually put sort of a paste-on picture of his face on, like, a camera or on the on the frame, and it looks, like, really bad. And then, wow. it, like, it cuts to other scenes in his movie. Like, it's so bad. I think the most egregious thing in it, though, is they actually write in part of the, the story, his quote-unquote character that he's playing is uh, is an actor who has to fake his death to evade the mob. And part of the gag is they actually show footage from his real funeral in this movie. Wow. And, and they show, like, there's because the, the when they filmed his funeral in real life, it was an uh-huh. open casket. So you can see him in the movie, open casket, and it's like, okay, this is, what are we doing here? And then really you're just, it's so, it's such a fascinating train wreck to watch. And it's like, it becomes this, whole other monster and then um you finally get to the end and it's like the real deal it's all him and Uh it's like uh it kind of makes kind of makes it worth it because it just it's just so weird it's just it's such a weird experience like they even that's the famous one where he fights kareem abdul jabbar and they really wanted him to be in the rest of the movie kareem but kareem's like no this is horrible. This is horrible what you're doing. I'm not going to be in this movie. So they actually cast a double for Kareem to be in this movie. And you can't (laughs) find anyone who fits that description. So it's like, they just got a a black guy with an Afro and like put him up on a chair in the background and just sort of made it dark. So you can't really tell it's him. So it's, it's such a fascinating watch where it's like, what, 
like you could tell it's like okay enter the dragon was such a big hit and uh let's 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 milk this thing <laughs> and so um and that's getting that's getting a 4k restoration i think which which will be wow. interesting to see like, i've the, heard the myth before but i've never uh no one's really explained the details to oh, me quite like mm-hmm. like you have uh like right now um it wasn't there i'm, I'm trying to remember wasn't there a, a movie about how they it was like completing the dragon or something like that some kind of like maybe oh, yeah. comedy Did um, that come out there yeah it was um called finishing the game and it was justin lynn right. the director of the fast and furious movies who did it right and uh, i thought that that's a, i love that movie and it's a it's a great idea because it's basically it's a fictional it's a mockumentary and um and it's a fictional account of them trying to cast the part of the double the guy who's going to be playing quote unquote playing bruce lee in the in the movie and it's just about you know it's it's so silly they have like this this uh they have like a white guy who who just grew up in asian culture and he just sort of convinces himself he's he's asian and he's like i can play bruce lee and like wow you know, and, they have, and it's uh it's it's pretty funny i would check that out too it's called finishing the game right uh it's, it's got a great cameo by mc hammer in it which is uh wow it's a plus so um yeah so it's 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 got a bit it's a kind of a cult movie in a in a different way just because of the way it was you know i mean think of think about like uh you know the the fast and furious where they had to finish it without paul walker and it's like Mm -hmm. they without the technology yeah exactly well and it's like but they also didn't have to really they fat they didn't fashion the story around it to where it's like weird you know it's like Mm -hmm. they they made it so it's like he's you could believe he'd still be doing this like uh if he was still alive but it's like with the bruce thing like they they definitely like okay we have all this footage we have footage of his funeral let's just throw that in there somehow and uh it's just you know it's very you know you're you're kind of like, why, why, why'd you have to go that far? Or like, why even do that much? Just like sort of release, release the fight footage as like its own little short movie or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> it's okay. such a fascinating watch. So I feel like I know exactly what's happening. I have to watch this movie. And the next time we talk, we're going to probably dissect it for a little bit and then figure out how we're going to take this to the goal line. Uh, I think we said we were going to do about five episodes of this and then see if we hate each other or love each other by the end of it. (laughs) But I know right now. What's up? Where are you right now? Do you love me or hate me? Oh, EJ, you can't, you can't not hate, can't not love. Can't can't hate EJ. It's so I hate bad. you right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, then you're gonna love me by the time I finish the whole, you know, filmography, and then we'll oh, yeah. get back to your good side. This is so. This is just unintentionally became the Bruce Lee podcast, and <laughs> I think it was destined to come up only because okay. of you know our Last cultural dragon. backgrounds and right. common interests, and me really forcing my hand. Maybe this whole podcast was about getting me to watch a bruce lee film finally after so many years that's 
very well could be that the, this is what the fates aligned. They they made it so that we have to be in quarantine, that you meet me, and then I just convince you. And that now that you have time to watch whatever, to like have uh-huh. a movie marathon, this is the perfect time to do it. And and uh, and I think your life's going to change after this. I think so. Well, yeah. here's the thing. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Cor- it, I mean, it's not choreography heavy. I respect him has a, just a physical you know, just force. I've seen the one inch punch video and it's like amazing. It's lightning fast speed, but um, is it like, you know, he does like a really cool move and then it's a lot of just like, okay, break it up. We're going to, you know, take a pause on the action. You're going to do some stairs and then re-engage in in the battle. Maybe that's where I'm not like, um, it's not my cup of tea, that kind Mm. of uh, fight on film kind of like uh, genre. I definitely can see if you were more so a Jackie Chan fan uh, while you were growing up, because that I grew up on Bruce Lee and then I got into Jackie Chan young. And then it's like, he kind of ruined it because he did like the, the, his physical acts, the choreography, the prop fighting and things like that. It's like, there's nothing like it. And then you go back to Bruce Lee and it's like, it's pure fighting, but it's, so uh stage combatty it's like if you think about the the westerns where they're throwing punches and it's like right. slow and it's like it, it takes them two seconds to throw a punch and react and it's like it could i could see it feeling that way um after going from jackie chan to bruce lee because he's a little bit more focused on uh sort of technique i guess um i'm not sure like i i I, I understood it better once I grew up and started to analyze it more that um, it's it's less about uh, it's less about like sort of the the choreography uh, the choreography is a big part of it because like the weirdest thing about is like the the movie his fight scenes is he he there are only little pockets in all his movies where he looks vulnerable and he actually takes a punch. For the most part, he just tramples through everyone without, without any failure. <laughs> and it's like, if you like, you watch a Steven Seagal movie and he does that, and it's like, ugh, you're so egotistical. It's like take a hit or something like that. Like you, you really think you could just take an army of fifteen guys? But with Bruce, it's I don't know. There's there's something about it where you're you're just you give him that carte blanche to do that, where it's like uh-huh. he's he looks like, and especially. You know, he's like 115 pounds and not like imposing, but his his speed, his technique is just razor sharp. So you could you could really see that if you wanted to, he knew how to take people down. And that's uh-huh. that's I think that's what he wanted to get across more than anything um, in his movies is just sort of because I think he was a teacher first. Uh, well, he was an actor when he was a kid, but he wanted to teach his style to the world. And I think that's what he wanted to do. Um, whereas Jackie was big on, um, you know, like silent films, like Charlie Chaplin movies. So he wanted to do physical stuff, physical <laughs> comedy. And uh, there's a dog. And, uh... There is a dog. Yeah. <laughs> He's going nuts. I think she's saying, we got to wrap this up. Oh, that, okay. Uh, that's our producer. So... <laughs> <laughs> you know, so here's nothing. I haven't seen a single Steven Seagal movie. Okay. I haven't seen Die Hard, your favorite movie. <gasps> and I'm telling oh. you. Oh this God. is 
what you're working with. Uh, <laughs> I have seen Die Hard with the Vengeance for oh, like, I like a one. lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because again, on on that on that cable, just on repeat, I know it. I right. Love it. Um. Right. But I've I've got some movies to watch, and then yeah. uh, you can. I uh, maybe maybe this is where you just keep feeding me movies that I need to watch, and you just berate me into doing it. But we'll wrap it up here. We have stuff to do okay. for the second episode, but I'm feeling really good about this. I'm really glad that we uh, are actually men of our words. We're actually doing this. We're doing it. We're in. There's no going back. <laughs> we haven't released it yet, but we, we're going to do it. <laughs> oh, we're doing it. Uh, okay. So I got my uh, finger on the record button to stop it. Do you want to okay. say anything before we go? Um, just uh, thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Sorry, I I talked too much, <laughs> but uh, we're definitely going to get into your background a lot more. Um, I have a feeling it's just more of I haven't seen this, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, but, uh, I haven't lived. <laughs> I have not you lived. Have, you've been doing too much with your life. You haven't watched anything. What is this? This is true. Okay, okay cool. Well, hey, everybody <laughs> who's listening, yeah. thank you for listening. That's what you're doing. I mean, what else can you do? But if you have any questions for us, you can reach out to us on twitter uh that's my name if you know me i don't i'm not at that point where i'm gonna like blast me out but if you know me just just reply to this and say good job <laughs> i have a feeling if you're listening to this you probably know us so i don't think yeah you, yeah they'll they'll know who we are okay great so, hey ej this is awesome yeah, this is thank you so much for proposing this this is incredible all right we're gonna do it episode two coming up this is us over and out Peace.